The following is a presentation of Hog Eye Sports Radio and is produced by Flat Creek Productions. And hello again, Hog Eye fans. Welcome into the Hog Eye Sports Show. Josh and I are back once again to discuss some Livingston Academy sports. And since we had to travel west to face Westmoreland this past Friday night in football, I made a little new intro to the show with a little bit of Western, Western-themed audio there. Hope you guys enjoyed that. We'll try something different uh, every now and then on the intro, change it up a little bit this year. So, Josh, welcome back to the Hog Eye Sports Show. Yeah, man. Good, always good to be here. I love the intro. And, uh... You know, let's get it going. Yeah. So uh, this past week, um, we had some volleyball action, some soccer action, and then, of course, the first football game of the season at Westmoreland, which we will discuss in the second half of today's show. So, uh, Josh, let's uh, start off with the first game of this this past week. I believe it was volleyball, right? Yeah, and able to – that was our first live stream on the Hogeye Sports Show Facebook page. Of course, going to try to do more of that, but – Really good volleyball game, you know, especially if you're a Livingston Academy fan. Livingston come out and just dominated Clay County. Um, scoreboard, I don't think, indicated it best I can remember. I think the first two games, they won 25-22 each time. And I think the third game, I think it was like 25-20, something like that. But Livingston had was up like 17-8 to or something like that. And uh, Clay County made a good run. Um and got that one closer, but it was all Livingston Academy the whole night. Never one of those things that uh, the result was in question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they were down a couple of players. You know, one of their main players, Aliyah Melton, um, out kind of quarantining, was able to play Tuesday night when they when they went to Jackson County, but able to get a home win. Uh, their first game um, at Livingston Academy in a couple of years, dating yeah, back wow. to the 2018 season. So, wow. um, I guess nice to come home. You know, we talked about – uh, last week on the show about maybe you just want to stay playing at the First Baptist Church, but no, mm-hmm. they were still just as good at home uh, at the uh, at Durward Vaughn Memorial Gym and um, able to carry that momentum to Tuesday night. You know, went down to Jackson County. Uh, Jackson County, usually a pretty good single-A team and able to get the result down there. What was that score, Mike? Uh, three to one. They won three sets to one, three games to one, whatever the correct terminology is yeah, there. Yeah, so three – you go six and one in your games on the week, really. Um, of course, take both matches um, against single A Clay County and single A Jackson County. But then this week, you kind of start getting into now, even though we're used to that long schedule, now just three games in, you're starting to get into the meat of that. Yeah. Um, and you play Gordonsville um, on, the, on Monday, the 24th at home. Then you go to Arch Rival. First District 8 AA opponent, Upperman, on Tuesday. And then Thursday, you go to another eight or District 8 opponent in Smith County. Yeah. Um, so, busy week this week, you know. Um, they're trying to get those games in quick. Yeah, I think uh, I think when the, the girls, Livingston Academy Volleyball girls, traveled to Jackson County this past Tuesday, Jackson County had their senior night, first game of the season. And you have to think, I think tomorrow is ours, the 24th, correct, versus yes. Gordonsville? Yes. So, so, I mean, that's that's smart. All these coaches are say, are looking at, at the pandemic in general and saying, hey, we don't know when this might be over, so let's get it over, get senior night over with just in case. 
and it's not something that our seniors lose out on. Right, and that means that uh, if if football was to follow suit, their their first home game is against Upperman. That could be senior night. Yeah, if, you know, it's smart. I mean, you've already had a couple of players being having to be quarantined and things like that. Why not go ahead and get it out of the way? Of course, if you didn't do it tomorrow, and I think that's why Chrissy Jenkins did that, and it's very smart. Again, uh, you wouldn't play at home again till September 10th. Mm. So you're talking a couple of weeks there of – nothing or, or not playing at home what happens in a couple of weeks is we may not have a season going on so go ahead and get it out of the way smart move right there by coach jenkins and uh you know volleyball is two and oh you couldn't really ask for a better start the way they've played and you have to expect they're going to carry some of that momentum all the way into this week hey let me let me talk to you about uh some, something there you said you was at the game monday right the home game yeah yeah would you, is that that's your first uh first time putting eyes on the new floor what'd you think about it Hey, I liked it. It looks really good. If you didn't know um, what kind of floor it was, you would just think it was a regular old basketball floor. Mm. It looks good. Um, obviously, didn't step on it, and I dang sure ain't going to be an athlete on it <laughs> anymore. But I, it looked like it felt good. Um, you know, it looks like it has a good bounce. Um, that's something athletes that play on those hardwood floors always want is a good little bounce, easier on your feet and your knees. Um, they didn't seem to have a problem with it. So, I enjoyed it, and it looks good. The way it's painted, everything's brighter. Of course, that the paint, I think the last time that floor was painted was in you know, overall was probably 2008, 2009. Of course, I had some touch-ups before or after that. But, um, you know, fresh coat of paint looks good, bright in there with the new lights. You know, I had it installed a couple of years ago. Actually, mm-hmm. looks like a phenomenal gymnasium, and that's all you can ask for at Livingston Academy. Yeah, so uh, congratulations to the uh, Livingston Academy girls volleyball team for their about perfect start on the season. So let's now transition to another girls uh, sport here in the the fall semester, and that's girls soccer coached by head coach David Sadler in his second uh, full season as the girls soccer coach. So this past week they started out the season at uh, Region 3 AA rival Anderson County on Tuesday, August the 18th, and they wound up losing that game by a score of 0-1. to one. And, of course, I mentioned it on the – we also got to do a, a live stream of the next game, which was uh, on Thursday, August 20th, but in both the Tuesday game against Anderson County and the game on Thursday versus Scott High School, the Livingston Academy girls' soccer team was very short-handed or maybe, dare I say, short-footed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As they were missing a total of nine players, uh, six of them, I believe, would be starters if they were there. So very short-handed team due to the COVID situation, a lot of them being quarantined and unable to participate. So, you know, uh, a lot of young young girls had to step up that may not have, have thought they would be uh, thrown into the fire, so to speak, so early. And, of course, uh, not the results you might have wanted going over to Anderson County and losing by a score of zero to one. But then on Thursday, uh, come back home, first home game of the season, play Scott High School, another Region 3 AA opponent. And uh, something I I happened to notice during the broadcast is they played Scott County last year on August the 19th, 2019. They played them this year, August (laughs) the 20th, 2020. And come on, you know, you just got to do it next year. You got to play them no matter what day of the week it is. You got to play 
August 21st, 2021, just to keep the streak alive, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, you have to. <laughs> but uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about the uh, Scott High School game. Um, again, very shorthanded team, only had two subs on the night. And then uh, during the game, one of the girls uh, had a head-to-head collision with a girl from uh, Scott High School, and both of them went off the field, and I'm not sure either one of them ever returned. So that really well, put – you know, Owen, are you, do you have nine players total? Um, you also have your coach quarantined, too, yeah, off safety precautions. So, assistant coaching does a great job, Steve Huntley. Um, I thought he did a great job. But it was a, I mean, it was a physical match. Yes, it was. Uh, they, these two teams, you know, played, uh, played last year and then played two years ago. And Scott, Scott High School put Livingston Academy out in the, the – postseason two years ago so you know a little bit of uh, chippiness might have been going on there some pushing and shoving when the ref wasn't looking but uh, so let's let's talk a bit about the game uh, Scott High School started the score and they scored first uh, and then Livingston Academy immediately responded with a goal from Jenna Harris which um, you know I, I've got a couple of clips we'll listen to today of some really outstanding broadcasters uh, broadcasting <laughs> the game but uh, I I was broadcasting this game, and I don't have this clip because it doesn't sound very good on my part because there was a foul on, I believe, Caitlin Huntley. And the, the trailing referee blew his whistle. And, of course, you know, you're kind of taught play to the whistle type thing, but in, in soccer you can play advantage. And the other referee, who I guess was the head referee, just just disregarded that whistle and said play on. And so Jenna Harris picks the ball up, goes in, and and scores. And, of course, I was just – talking about, well, there's a foul. They're going to set up for a free kick. So I totally missed totally missed that call. Soccer is just a wild sport to me. The rules, but, I've, never, I've never gotten into rules there. <laughs> but so Jenna Harris able to uh, give Livingston Academy back in, in the, the tie there. But then uh, late in the first half, Scott High School able to score again. So they go in at halftime with Scott High School leading Livingston 2-1. to one on the night. And then I think right around the time you showed up in the second half to help me out with the broadcast, uh, Livingston Academy was able to uh, tie the game, which is how the score ended was in a tie. But uh, I do have a clip. I do have a clip of that. And we'll listen to, uh, to that right now. So Milligan comes away with it to uh, Jenna Harris. Jenna over to uh, wide open. Caitlin Huntley, left footed shot into the back of the net. Goal for Caitlin Huntley. That ties the score at two apiece early in the second half. So, uh, Caitlin Huntley able to start her scoring uh, tally here in the senior season, just like Jenna Harris was able to earlier in the first half. Two senior leaders on that team that uh, they're going to rely on heavily this year, don't you think? Yeah, those two right there, as good a goal scorer as you'll find in this area. Um, and, and some of the better ones in the state um, last year. I think one of them was the MVP of the district, and one of them was most outstanding player or, or something like that. It, it worked out crazy. But uh, two talented ladies, and, they, and they've got a really good, you know, soccer team in general. Yeah, they do, and especially when they get this, uh, you know, quarantine situation over and they can have a full complement of players, uh, I think they, they may have done just a little bit more damage this, this past week if they'd have had a full team. Um, so let's look ahead to next week. Next week on Tuesday, August 25th, 
which, uh, you know, if they follow suit with some of the other teams, that, that could be senior night if they have all their quarantine players back. But after, on, after what's happened so far, don't you think they have to? I think they should. They've got two home games to do it in next week. They have Tuesday, August 25th versus district rival Upperman, uh, which is a game that we may try to broadcast again on the Hog Eye Sports Show. So be tuning in for that if you can. And then Thursday, August 27th, they, they welcome a pretty good Macon County team, which is not a district opponent, even though it is in some of the other sports, such as basketball, uh, softball, and baseball. But uh, that's the games uh, next week. And, you know, it, uh, two winnable games that they could definitely uh, get their first win of the season against as they are currently 0-1-1 one, and one on the season. Zero wins, one loss, and one tie. Well, and you know what? It's, it, it matters in the record, but it doesn't matter. It gives you a good look at what, you know, if there's a postseason play. And obviously, it's the way we say if because of, you know, the pandemic. But if there's a postseason play, you're probably going to see one of those two teams in the, you know, region semis. Yeah. And then may see the other one in the region finals. So, why not get it out of the way early, see what you got and how you match up. And for Livingston, you played both teams very shorthanded. So, you have to feel good about your chances when you, if, if and when you see them again. Yeah, so hey, that's uh, that, that's a, a update on soccer and volleyball. So we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back to discuss Livingston Academy's game versus Westmoreland uh, right after this. From Flat Creek to Highland Mountain, and every place in between, thank you for listening to and supporting the Hog Eye Sports Show. And we're back on the Hog Eye Sports Show, and we're going to turn our attention now to Livingston Academy football as they travel over to Sumner County, Tennessee, to face the Eagles of Westmoreland for the third time in a row, I believe. This has been the first game of the season. Is that right, Josh? At least so. So it, uh, it may change next year. You never know. They may do some reclassifications, but uh, been a common opponent first game of the year for the past two or three years. So... Uh, and in the past two or three years, Livingston Academy has had total domination over the Eagles from Westmoreland. Uh, yeah, it hadn't been it hadn't been close at all. And they were able to double their score from last year over the Wildcats. They had two points last year, and we gave them four points this year. So what a, what a wild wild <laughs> night in Westmoreland! A wild, wet, and rainy night in Westmoreland as it started raining about what thirty, forty, maybe an hour before kickoff. And it didn't quit raining until the game was over. Yeah, it was still raining when the game was over. It just they, rain's the great equalizer in out, outdoor athletics. And football is one of those sports that, unless there's lighting, it doesn't get canceled. So you got to play in it. You don't just get to say, "Oh, it's raining. We'll postpone till tomorrow or whatever." Unless there's lightning or you know some kind of electrical issue, lights don't come on. You're going to play that game. And uh, boy. God, We'll get into this, but I have no clue what kind of football team we actually have because the one I saw Friday night was about the only one you could see in those Yeah, there was, there was no reason to be passing the ball too much, even if we still had Will McDonald back there chucking it around. Cause, uh, Absolutely. It was a wet and wild night, and you never know what's going to happen when you throw the ball. Three things can happen, and two, things are, two, two of those three things are bad. That's his right. As I believe Bear Bryant used to say, so uh, let's talk a little bit about the game. Uh, obviously, it was a, a, a wet, rainy night, but also Livingston Academy had a lot of holes to fill from last year's team. 
a lot of new faces out there, new players. Uh, had a new kicker, new uh, new guy kicking off. That was a senior soccer player and now football player Mitchell Watson uh, making his first uh, appearance for the Wildcats. And then had a new punter, made his first punt ever, as far as I can remember, and that would be – Did well. Uh, yeah, lineman Austin Reeder. And that was a great punt, man, over the mm-hmm. guy's head, wasn't it? Or no, mm-hmm. that was – was that the one that went over his head? Yes, and then it bounced probably another 10 yards. I bet that was a 40, 45-yard punt in the end. And that was from his end zone. Yep. So that was kind of a high-pressure situation there. So kudos to him on on starting out right in the punting situations. Um, then you had a brand-new quarterback who hadn't played football since he was in middle school. Parker Coleman came in, and they racked up the most uh, rushing yards on the night, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely the MVP. So, I mean, of, on the offensive side of the football. So, I mean, you can't really ask for him to do much else than what he did. Um, some of the things that went wrong, I don't think were necessarily his fault. Um, probably a collection of errors and, and fault to be spread around. But I think overall, wet, nice night for Parker Coleman. Yeah, the wet football had quite a bit to do with that. Some of the things that did go wrong were some uh, – a uh, little bit of some high snaps, uh, some some lost handles on the football. But, uh, you know, all in all, I think it was a, a pretty good debut for him. Uh, officially, he yeah, had – Yeah, I mean, when you got in the weather, it's clean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Officially, he had 127 yards rushing on the night. And uh, the next closest Livingston Academy player would have been Caleb Robinson with 42 yards rushing. So, he was the go-to guy. And he kept it most oh, – most uh, a lot of carries there that you know quarterback keepers and hey Livingston County won the game in the end that's all you can ask for yeah and uh, I mean again we touched on it already but uh they threw one pass all night and it was a touchdown for five yards is what they had it for on a jump pass um don't know if that's was the game plan going in or if that was just kind of the game plan they brought out because of the, of the weather but I don't think that you know I'd say Total under 200 yards of offense for the night, something we're definitely not used to in yep. Livingston Academy football. 151 total yards. Yeah, so it's you can't you're not going to win a lot of games like that. You you win that one, um, and I think again, Rain's the great equalizer. And I thought the defense was really good, Mike. I mean, uh, they they, they good, did pretty good clean game on their side. It was a bend but don't break type situation because. Uh, Westmoreland actually outgained Livingston on the night. Uh, Livingston had 151 total yards of offense, and Westmoreland had 173 total yards of offense. But a big difference is uh, Livingston scored two touchdowns, Westmoreland scored zero touchdowns, and had one big turnover interception that we'll listen to here later on. Livingston, you know, they they gave up a couple of safeties, but really didn't really turn the ball over. um, Yeah, their turnovers – their turnovers – Cost them four points. Yes. Where we'll we'll hear in a little while, Westmoreland's cost them six. Mm. Big difference. Yeah. So um, let's uh, let's listen to a couple of the scoring plays. So this is the first. So Livingston Academy at this point, um, they had went into the halftime down four to nothing, due to two kind of bad snaps over the either the quarterback or the punter's head. And, you know, there really ain't much you can do in that situation, but just kick it out, get it out of the back of the end zone. You know, you don't want to fall on it at the one or two yard line, which actually did happen once. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, so, so Livingston's down 
four to nothing uh, starting the second half, but they get the opening kickoff and they do a little bit of ball control, just ground and pound uh, right down the the throats of the Westmoreland defense. And and you didn't you didn't expect that based on the first half. First half when they had thirty two double yards, they took the, took the ball over. I think at like the twenty yard line, eighty yards from pay dirt, and just grind it out. Yeah. So the the very last play is a a play that we're going to listen to here from another uh, set of broadcasters that are not the dynamic duo, but uh, they're, they're working their way towards being as good as them. So here we go. Touchdown, Livingston Academy. Four yards out, scampers in to the left side. Caleb Robinson puts Livingston Academy into the lead. You know, and right there, I said, thought maybe Parker might keep it. What do they do? Westmoreland says the same thing. Parker's going to keep this football. They run the read. Reads it right that time. Caleb Robinson, touchdown. So, the Livingston Academy, with that touchdown by Caleb Robinson, goes in front six to four, and they try a two-point conversion, possibly because it was a wet football, wet night. They'd had some bad snaps and didn't want to uh, try the extra point. But they try a razzle-dazzle you know, trickeration type play where half the team lines up uh, way over on left side. And then uh, Raven Carpenter takes the ball. And I guess he had a run pass option there. I guess so. I don't really know what happened because it was so far away. But uh, he tries to loft it over the defender's head in the neighborhood of Nate Carwile. And we really couldn't tell how close it was. It was on the far side of the field, people in the way. But Carwile unable to bring it in, so two-point try fails, and Livingston leads six to four at that point. Yeah, a little momentum. Finally, you, you finally take the lead after trailing all night. You feel pretty good about yourself, and I think that uh, I made the comment, or you made the comment, you know, you come out defensive right here, just don't, you know, overrun, don't overplay and go a big play, and I think they might have hurt us. Yeah, so a couple of, couple of three plays uh, later after the uh, – a kickoff by by new kicker Mitchell Watson is uh, well, probably the best defensive play of the night. And here here is a call of that play. Back to pass. Looking, see, looking, pressure applied. Intercepted by Nathan Carlisle at about the 37, 38 yard line. It turns it all the way down to about the 18. Big play there for the linebacker for Livingston Academy. Nice job by Nathan Carlisle to pick it off. Right place, right time. But credit to the defensive line. Austin Reader looked like Carson Smith got in there, made the quarterback uncomfortable. He knew he had no time on third down. He's going to take a big lick. Did take a big lick. Forces one right to Nathan Carwell. And all of a sudden, big momentum swing over to the boys in white. So that was a big Is that Craig Cantrell? Not quite, no. <laughs> no, I agree. But, hey, it's we're, we're getting there. Hey, we're trying. I mean, yeah. we're, we're the only, only way to watch it. Uh, if you want to watch it, you know, from the comfort of your home, as we talked about there, you don't have to sit out in the rain. You will. You don't have to drive, you know, what, an hour to get yeah. to Westmoreland. An hour and a half. You got the comfortable seat of your uh, easy chair or your couch or whatever else, bean bag that you might be sitting in. Uh, you got free food and, you know, snacks and drinks, you know, right at your uh, disposal. Anytime you want them, and the best the best thing is there's no line for the bathroom. So, hey, tune in to the the Hog Eye Sports Show uh, this coming Friday night. We'll do it again. Uh, it'd be a little bit different uh, broadcasting uh, the the way it gets done, but but we'll we'll talk about that here maybe when we get finished going over the game. Yeah. So 
Uh, so Livingston Academy gets the ball back after the uh, uh, the interception there by senior linebacker Nathan Carwile, and the first pass of the night turns out to be the only pass of the night for Livingston Academy. And here's the call of that play. Holman, yep, jump pass, touchdown, Livingston Academy, pass complete to Nate Carwile. Caught it right there. You just looked, that kind of looked like that old Florida formation. You know, Tebow used to come in in those packages right there. Coleman takes that one step. Everybody comes at him. Nate Carlisle, a little hot right, little slant. Just throw it over the top, baby. Carlisle there, just secure that ball in the lane. Touchdown, Livingston Academy. So that's all the clips we're going to listen to uh, this week. And really, that was all the scoring as that put that put Livingston Academy up 12 to 4. They once again try a two point conversion attempt, not as unorthodox attempt uh, as the first one. They lined up in a normal formation. I think Carpenter was at, at quarterback, but unable to uh, get it in. They got really close. I think they was, you know, knocked down right at the goal line, but unable to convert. So, uh, so that was not all the scoring. Um, they made it a little interesting there at the end as Westmoreland able to punch one in um, down. Very late. Very late, less than a minute to go, able to punch it in. And they go for two-point try, and they are unsuccessful. So, instead of 12 to 4, the score is now 12 to 10. And you got about 48 seconds left. And, of course, they're going to try an onside kick. And, hey, they're successful, man. Ball bounces yeah. just right, right place, right time for their guy. They were, but then afterwards, they just don't do anything with it. They came out and ran the ball, what, twice? <laughs> That's got to be some of the worst – you know, coaching, I'll, coaching I'll, decisions. We'll That's probably the worst coaching decisions we've seen since Cookwell had it. What fourth and goal from the uh, one and pass one yard line tries a pass. So, uh, you know, they they get the ball what probably at the forty yard line. Yeah, somewhere and in that area. You've, I mean, you haven't been able to throw it all night, but you've got to at least try and get it close. I mean, if you've got anybody over there that can kick it, get it down to the fifteen yard line and try it. They come out and run a run just around a lead play on first down. <laughs> yeah, they, a they play on second down, and then they call our two timeouts. And then on third down, well, I can't even know what happened. Something crazy. So they they run this really slow developing like screen pass play, and the guy completes the pass, but the guy who catches it, it's at least five, maybe ten yards behind the line of scrimmage. And I mean, Livingston had that you know sniffed out from the get go. I mean, they 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 immediately tackled him within two or three yards of catching the ball so yeah uh, and then they had no timeouts yeah game over after at, at that point so that was a, a really weird sequence i mean they did everything right there up until they actually recover the onside kick and then it's just they had no idea what to do seemed like well and it's i feel like maybe in that point westmoreland not not known to be a football powerhouse yes like everybody else had the good years and may we're not known to be a football powerhouse either i don't know but i think that's one of those things not used to being in those situations and now you're in one, and you've got to do something with it, and you just kind of have a brain fart, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was uh, the final score there. Livingston Academy is victorious. That's their 11th straight regular season win, all 10 last year, and then the first one this year. So that's 11 straight regular season wins. Livingston Academy on, on top, 12 to 10. And next week, Cookville. What do you think about that? Going to be a lot different football team that uh, Livingston County lines up against Friday night against Cookville. They absolutely dominated Upperman. 
um, on Thursday night this past week. You know, of course, an extra day's rest right off the get-go, but Cookville looks to be a different Cookville team than last year. Last year struggled. It seemed like I think they finished 5-5 five and five and got into the playoffs, but, man, they just, they just wore Upman out. I don't know if that says more about Cookville or more about Upman or more about COVID-19 and the pandemic about not having enough time and to go over things. But, man, you look at that score, the way they were just one-sided with Upman, and the way that we didn't – we were very one-dimensional. You have to think as good a coach as Jimmy Maynard is and that staff is and how good Cookville traditionally is, they're going to have something for the rushing game for Livingston Academy. You kind of hope that somewhere, somehow, we've already developed a passing game. We shouldn't have to use it on Friday night. All right, so Livingston, of course, will be facing uh, Highway 111 Cup rival Cookville this Friday night for the first leg of the Highway 111 Cup. We'll face the second leg, hopefully, on Friday, October the 9th at White County High School. Both of the Highway 111 Cup games are away this year. So, Well, and White County's already had a, what, two-week postponement on their season. Yeah, they so. – they lost the game this week. Uh, Monterey had the two-week postponement. So. Oh, it's Monterey. That's right. Yeah. Who knows, though? It could happen again. You never know. It, it can happen to anybody. Absolutely. So, let's, uh, let's look at some other scores of interest, especially of the teams that Livingston Academy will play, hopefully, the rest of the year. Uh, Cumberland County is still O and whatever it is, three years plus going now. They lost, <laughs> they lost to Scott High School by a score of 12 to 20. This past Friday night, um, other other region three four A opponents, Stone Memorial, traveled over to Knoxville to face Grace Christian, and they also lost by a score of fourteen to thirty four. So both Cumberland County schools starting off with uh, losses on the year. Another region three four A opponent, DeKalb County, they welcomed the Pioneers of Warren County into Smithville, and they lost by a score of twenty four to thirty. So the only other team in the region is Macon County, and Macon County, they look like the team to beat right now. As they went to the hole in Smith County, and they won forty-three to seven. Yeah, that's an impressive score right there. You start looking at that, and maybe think, like you said, the team to beat. Um, don't know what they really lost, but you know, you also don't know what Smith County lost either. And they, they lost a couple kids to play a little, some small college ball. So, uh, and, again, and you don't know the COVID situation at either yeah, school. You know, they you can don't leave. know. I don't know that anybody this year, you know, is you're, you're going to be really able to game plan because, you know, just for us, our, our best player could be gone not to injury but to quarantine and never test positive for the virus, you know. And, so and vice versa. Gone. Cookwell could lose half their, their team this week. You know, yep. you, you just I mean, never know. You, you don't know. How do you, how do you plan props to these coaches in all sports for even coming up with a plan mm-hmm. to play? Because it's it's almost – it seems impossible. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we've mentioned it or not, but Cookville defeated Upperman uh, on Thursday night by a score of 28 to nothing. So, that's another score of interest that would might interest some Livingston Academy fans as Upperman gets blanked first game of the season. And then the only other team on our schedule that played this past Friday night is our friends in Jamestown uh, at York Institute, and they lost zero to eight to Jackson County. Yeah, that's that's tough right there. Jackson County, a team that's a perennial playoff team, I think, in single A in the last few years. But York, I mean, that's not the result you're 
used to seeing out of York. Of course, the last year's team, not very good. And this year's team, I thought maybe uh, with last year being them being so young, that maybe they'd make some, you know, leaps and bounds. And, and they may steal again. Don't know the COVID situation. Could have been missing 15 starters for all I know. But it's one of those things that, huh, you know, outside of the Cookville score and the Macon County score, if you're Livingston, I mean, you're, you just say, okay, at least we won this week. Yeah. All right. So that's a look at some uh, football information, but speaking of football, um, maybe some of you, uh, you know, uh, big, big time fans of the Hog Eye Sports digital network uh, have noticed that the last couple of weeks um, I've sent out some links to some uh, Wayback machine uh, stuff as, as we've shown uh, some links to the 1992 Livingston versus Westmoreland football game. And just today, um, I posted the 1992 Livingston Academy versus Cookville games. And so we, we've got us a new employee. You know, we go over some employees uh, that we, we have here at the Hog Eye Sports Show each week. You know, we've got, we got several. And we've added a new employee to, I uh, guess, the Hog Eye History Department. And that, that is Clint Melton. He, is, he has joined us on a long-term contract. Uh, he is now the new executive vice president in charge of archival footage for Livingston Academy as he has created a, a YouTube channel. And it's going to be devoted to just some old classic games of not just football, but some other sports too. But right now we're focusing on football. So whenever you see me tweet out, or, or send it on other social media platforms. You know, hey, look at this game from 1992 or whatever year it is. You can thank uh, our buddy Clint Melton for that. And and soon we're going to get him on this uh, podcast and talk about, you know, some of his plans. Uh, yeah, and what a dynamic job he's done, man. It, just to see that footage and on the on the internet in general is wild. Mm. But to be able to go to YouTube and watch the 1992 Cookville game yeah. up until 2019 was the last win over Cookville in football. I'd uh, be able to just go pull that up at any convenience. I mean, if you're, like you said, a long-time Livingston fan, but if you were a Livingston football player yeah, um, and don't have a copy of that film, just go to YouTube. You can watch it anytime you want. Hey, and the good one on this Livingston Cookville game is we got some play-by-play action by Craig Cantrell on that, that video. So, the guy long who's time. still doing it today, man. The GOAT, him and Raj. <laughs> so, um, so, that's kind of what we got going for uh, – uh, for the YouTube thing, they thank Clint Melton for that. Uh, thank him for coming on and helping us out with that. And we'll hey, see. thank him. Got to thank him for sponsoring. Yeah, yeah. yeah was he was gonna, a sponsor Friday night. Yeah, we'll, we'll mention that again here in a minute when I talk about sponsors. You know, normally I, I have some special sponsors, but we're going to thank all the sponsors this week that, that help make our broadcast uh, possible. So uh, I think that'll wrap up this segment, and we'll be back to wrap up this episode right after this. From Terrapin Ridge to Bear Holler and every place in between, thank you for listening to and supporting the Hog Eye Sports Show. Well, possum on a gumbush, it's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good portion of your day listening to the Hog Eye Sports Show. We want to thank uh, all of our sponsors that have made this uh, these broadcasts over the last few weeks possible. Uh, our main title sponsor for the football game, Super Discount Drugs. I want to thank them for coming in and helping us out. And then uh, our the soccer game that we broadcast, uh, Tangle Salon, Liz Howard. Thank her for, for sponsoring that. And then, Josh, we had a host of other sponsors for football. 
Oh, man, we did, and it was such a good, good thing. You had Tennessee Rustic, um, Kira's Cakes, Cantrell's Construction, Top Shine Detail, Crystal Wright, who's a, Wright, who's a realtor, uh, Andrea Melton at Steel Magnolia Salon, Life Behind the Reel, that's Justin Hunter, uh, The Snow Shack, uh, I think that's Coach Christy Jenkins, her business yeah, there. It is. Um, Brighter Home Modifications, Southern Glitz Boutique, Hall Trucking, and Hidden Treasures Resale and Pallet Sales. So, I mean, a good group of sponsors. I actually forgot one. The, uh, I guess, we could add them to a show sponsor, the LCWA. Yeah. It's the Livingston Coaches Wives Association. And President Melody Sadler also threw in a sponsorship there. So, a good list, and we got to keep it going. That, that money's going straight back to football um, in whatever sport they sponsor. You know, Tangles on Thursday night did soccer. We paid the gate at soccer and, and paid them their sponsorship money. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thank all of those guys and girls go support their businesses. They're supporting our, our Livingston Academy athletics. Uh, you gotta, you know, you give support, you give support to get support. And, uh, they definitely gave support. Yeah. And once again, that money's going straight to all those, uh, those sports. I mean, we're not, we're not getting rich off this thing. Um, nope. so, and yeah. lead using that to lead in to something real quick. And, and, you know, I don't know what else you have, but we're doing Friday night football this Friday at Cookville. It'll be on a streaming service. It's a pay-per-view, correct? Yes, it is pay-per-view. You know, we've been doing it on Facebook Live, but uh, as the COVID situation has placed some restrictions, TSSAA has said one-third attendance maximum, especially in sports like football, where, you know, you can get uh, 3,000, maybe 4,000 fans in a venue at a time. You're going to get a third of that. Uh, You know, that's really going to hurt their ability to uh, do what they normally do. So... In, in order to try to recoup some of that, the, the Hog Eye Sports Show has partnered with the administration, the athletic director, the sports teams at Livingston Academy, and we're going to be broadcasting uh, this football game this Friday night, but it will be uh, on a pay-per-view basis, and basically you're, you're going to get a virtual ticket, just like if you was going to go to the game at, at uh, Tucker Stadium there on the campus of Tennessee Tech. Instead of paying Tucker Stadium 5 6 7 $8, whatever it is to get in, um, and wasting your gas to getting down there, buying concessions from them, you're, you're going to pay this money straight to uh, the Livingston Academy uh, Athletic Department, and they'll they'll be receiving that money instead of some other school. So, hey, it's a great idea. You know, we hope it works. We hope that there, there's a lot of uh, fan participation in this. We hope you don't get too upset about the announcers messing everything up <laughs> um, <laughs> every now and then. But uh, – Hey, if you can support the, the, the high school athletic department, the high school sports teams, you know, do, do what you can. Um, and we hope you enjoy – hope you enjoy our coverage this season. Absolutely. And, that, you know, we're going to get sponsorships on that as well. Again, money goes straight back to the high school program. And, you know, that, that helps keep them, cu- keep them funded. You know, if you, if you think they make $7,500 a year on a gate, just throwing that number out there, this year at best at a third – is $2,500. So that's a $5,000 shortfall. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but in high school athletics, that's a lot of money. And so we're trying to do our best to recoup some of that money and get it right back to them so that, you know, not only football, but football helps support other things too. And, and just like basketball does, all these teams work together and help supporting. And, and there's a lot of stuff goes behind the scenes and coaches and, and they're all good friends and things where they sometimes are able to help other teams out. 
And it is one of those things. This goes to the athletic department to make sure they have what they need, not just football, soccer, volleyball, golf, fishing, anything. You know, mm-hmm. if, we're, if we're able to help give back anything at all, I sleep good at night knowing that I did my part to help keep the athletic department running. Yeah, so if you would like to get in touch with us about questions, comments, rants, recipes, or possibly sponsoring a broadcast, here's how you can get in touch with us. Hogeyesports at gmail.com. Uh, we're at Sports on Twitter and Instagram. It's facebook.com forward slash Show, And you can also send us a voice message via our profile on the Anchor app. And, hey, we'd love to hear from you guys and include some of y'all stuff in future episodes. All right, so for Josh Scott, this is Michael Johnson, and we will see you on the next episode. So long, friends and neighbors.